it is possible that I was overly influenced by the story about Ping, a picture book by Margaret Flack illustrated by Kurt Wise that we had when I was a child. It is also distinctly possible that this book, which was published in 1933, has offensive portrayals of China. I'm going from memory here, and it has been a very long time since I read it, so if so, I apologize and do not intend to endorse every aspect of the book. Ping is a young duck who lives with his parents, siblings, and numerous aunts, uncles, and cousins on a boat on the Yangtze River. Each morning, the boat's owner, their keeper, lets them, um, lets them off the boat to graze in the water and along the riverbank, and each evening, he calls them back in. The last duck up the ramp onto the boat gets a smack on the back from the long stick of the keeper. Naturally, Ping never wants to be the last one. Well, on this particular evening, he is head down in the river, as ducks often are, when the call goes to return home. And by the time he is upright, he can see that he's not going to make it. He'll be the last one. So he hides. He sleeps on the riverbank and spends the next day looking for his boat and having adventures along the way. Oh, the sense of dread in a young child when Ping wakes up and sees a river packed with boats, but none of them his. The relief of finally seeing the familiar boat and the fear of being smacked as one hurries home. I suppose it would reward disobedience if Ping escaped smacking, so when he does find home after his day of adventures, he's on time, but just barely. He's the last duck and receives his smack. He's happy to be home, curled up on the straw with his family, so all is well, but I can still feel the stomach-clenching fear of that smack. I think it either had an overly strong effect on me or I was already given to being very ping-like because when I was a teenager, I caused my mom and dad some gray hairs by staying out very late after school, not calling, no cell phones in those days, but that's no excuse, and coming home to very upset parents whose response was relieved mixed with, where the mumble, mumble, mumble have you been? And why didn't you just call us to tell us when you'd be home? I wasn't getting up to anything bad, but just hanging out with friends in the thrilling city of New Haven and losing track of time. But this is key. When I did realize I was late, I didn't want to call because I was afraid that, like Ping, I'd be met with a verbal smack. Where are you? We're about to eat dinner. And although I wasn't conscious of it, I know I also began to drag my feet about going home because on my way to my cozy, safe family nest, I was going to have to endure that punishment. We were about to call the police. Why do you do this? You're grounded. And inevitably, one day you'll have a child and I hope they don't do this to you. Now, of course, my sympathies are entirely with my parents. 
Even then, I knew they were in the right. It's possible that that knowledge was punishment enough, but I don't blame them for needing to let off some steam and to try to keep it from happening again by giving me a penalty like grounding that I would want to avoid. Still, the penalty that stays with me isn't the grounding, but that gauntlet of anger. And I recognize it in dynamics like this. Representative Liz Cheney, after having countenanced all sorts of illegalities by the president, has finally had enough after the attempted insurrection of January 6th and votes for impeachment. Naturally enough, this earns her not only the anger of everyone who opposes impeachment, but a mixed reaction from those who favor it. They're happy to have her vote, but they can't resist a mighty eye roll and a, what took you so long? They take the opportunity to point out all the ways she has failed in the past. It's a verbal and political smack on the back with a long stick. Natural, as I say, but possibly counterproductive. Yes, many of us drag our feet way too long before doing the right thing. And yes, the anger and even a punishment for the ways we have hurt people are totally appropriate. I'll return to those. But first, can we acknowledge that change is hard? What we are talking about in spiritual terms is repentance, turning, realizing that we have been wrong, have done wrong, and changing our ways. As another parent of a teenager said, when the kid wakes up and drags themselves to the family table, try to refrain from saying, well, look who finally decided to join us. How about, we're so glad you're here, which is true. The irritation that they took this long is also genuine, but perhaps that's not the best moment to express it. In fact, maybe it's a good moment to recognize that our primary, our first and most loving feeling about their being there is gladness. That's the kingdom of heaven feeling. That's how God, the owner of the vineyard, responds with gladness for all who arrive, no matter when. In fact, he pays the workers who only worked for an hour the usual daily wage. This is really annoying to the workers who have been at it the whole day. Maybe they're feeling like they should have kicked back and enjoyed themselves. But Jesus says, no. They all receive the grateful reward, not because the landowner is unjust, but because, as he says in the verses that follow our reading, he's generous. It's clear that Jesus thinks this is terrific. Well, as my daughter said when we talked about this topic a couple of days ago, Jesus gonna Jesus. Are we expected to be this generous of spirit? Maybe not, but 
we are definitely being told that our petty desire to mete out justice in that moment pales beside the richer, greater, more loving response of the holy way. And if that bugs us, when we are the workers who worked all day, what if we thought of those times that we have been the latecomers? How do we feel then? There are a few parables like this in the Christian Bible, parables of how we are welcome and celebrated no matter what. The son who leaves home and disgraces himself by spending himself into poverty, but is still joyfully embraced when he returns home. What these stories, including the work, one of the workers in the vineyard, are assuring us is we know that you are imperfect. We know that you mess up, that sometimes you are slow to do the right thing. That's being human. And when you learn and grow and change for the better, that is cause for rejoicing. Welcome. Welcome home to your best self. Why do we respond differently? Some of it might be a self-righteous desire to get extra points for being first. The most woke white person condescending to those who are late to anti-racism. The harder worker wanting an in with the boss at the expense of the colleague whose work ethic took a few years to develop. But we are also motivated by a genuine desire for justice. That's what makes these parables difficult. And that's why it's important to distinguish between the grace of which Jesus speaks, which awaits all of us who grow, and the justice necessary for a beloved community. This is why, for example, I am not saying that people of color are wrong to express anger at latecomers to their struggle, especially when those latecomers have added to their pain up until that point. There's a disturbing and self-serving tendency of those of us not suffering from a particular form of oppression to want those who are to be Jesus-like in their forgiveness. I think of the praise heaped on the African-American judge who hugged Amber Geiger, an off-duty police officer, white, who had stormed into the apartment of Botham Jean, her black unarmed neighbor, and shot him, later claiming self-defense. This was after her conviction. I can only speak for myself, but I suspect that we white folks are hoping that we will be given such grace. The judge had a moment of holy grace, as did Botham Jean's brother, who also hugged his brother's killer. It's praiseworthy, but not something anyone can expect of someone in that position. Liz Cheney, like others, has done a lot of harm, and she hasn't repaired that harm simply by supporting a just impeachment. Reparation is an essential part of repentance. More to the point, it's an essential part of building a better world. 
So people are completely right to insist to the latecomers to any struggle of, for justice, you must help repair the damage, especially when they have been part of inflicting the damage. If we have truly changed our ways, we will embrace the opportunity to make things right. Amber Geiger is serving prison time as well she should, and she was urged by the judge to change her ways as well she should. She can't restore Botham Jean to life, but she needs to do everything possible to repair the damage to his family and to all people victimized by police violence. That must accompany any welcome into the fold. And we are all flawed. We all do one another harm on the long, slow, track-back-filled path to being wiser and more compassionate. And here in this congregation, we are all trying to change for the better. As we say each week, we are here to transform ourselves, each other, and the world. None of us is ever perfect. Change is hard. And if we're honest, it always comes later than it should. So what if we held one another to account for the harm we've done before we changed for the better and welcomed latecomers into the fold with a truly glad, we're so happy you've joined us. As for the offenders, I'm sorry, as the offenders, we don't get to say, hey, at least I got here. We don't get to pretend that our delays have done no harm. Sometimes they have. Cheney has opposed civil rights for LGBT folks, including her own sister. And not all is forgiven and forgotten by the fact that she uh, does something else right. As the earlier arrivals, we don't get to say, everyone who arrives later than I do is a failure. We all have something we still aren't doing right after all. Maybe we can't be Jesus, but we can try to make this world a little more like the kingdom of heaven by how we accept people when they join us. I've wondered about Ping in the years since I first read that ragged falling apart picture book. Why does the last duck get a smack? Why does anyone have to get a smack? And if the owner does have some need to enforce a rule, why not make it something like every duck must arrive by sundown and anyone who doesn't get smacked on the back? That would still be harsh, but it would at least be reasonable. Too often we are pitted against each other as if there isn't room enough for everyone in the kingdom of heaven. We pit ourselves against each other as if the purpose of being good is to accumulate brownie points. When in fact, the purpose of being good is to make this world more like the one we dream about. The one where no harm is done. Where all hurts are healed. Where both justice and mercy flourish. We're not there yet, and we won't be there in our lifetimes or in any human lifetime. 
But oh, how sweet it is when any one of us chooses the better path and does the kinder, the wiser, the more loving thing. So let us humbly remember that none of us is quite as far along that path as we would like to be and welcome each other with a simple, heartfelt, we're so glad you're here.